The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the overreaction post-game show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast and podcast network. I am your host, the voice of the overreaction post-game show. My name is Joe Miller, and you can find me, as always, on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Happy Victory Monday, everybody, and happy Victory Tuesday. Happy Victory Wednesday. Whenever this podcast suits you or finds you, whatever day of the week it is, happy that day as it comes, I guess. So, yes, it's 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 a good day. It's a good day for Buffalo Bills fans. We are back in the winning the winning column, the win column. We are back in the victory Monday. We're back in the good feels just in time for Christmas. And as I like to always say, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. Let me just say one more time. Welcome. We are uh, live right now. We are Super Chat Live as well. This is a podcast. So if you are watching me uh, live and you are in the comments, Richard Rush, Jason Humbert, it's good to see you guys. Duplex Sleet, Tim S. I saw Dave Reed is in here. Amanda Davies in here. Darcy's in here. It's good to see all of you guys. If you want to get my attention, please super chat me. That is not me grubbing for money. I just, it's not that kind of a show. I think you guys know you you hang around enough. I think you know what this is about. If you do have a question for me or a comment, please super chat me. Uh, that way it'll show up highlighted on the screen. Is that a word? Highlighted, highlight on the screen and I will see it. It'll get my attention. Uh, if you are on Facebook or Twitter, you do not have the capability to super chat. You'll have to jump over to YouTube. However, I would tell you this. YouTube is the better place to watch because that's where everybody is. Uh, and we are back in the in the home studio. We're back with the home microphone. The Bills were back home, and I'm here cheersing the Buffalo Bills and cheersing all of you. So that's a new thing. That was me cheersing the microphone. I don't think that is – I don't know. That's probably not the best idea in the world. It probably just sounds like a big clunk, but <laughs> – it is what it is. Uh, real quick thing from our show sponsor. So uh, I got the opportunity to um, what you guys hear me talk about John Spascheck about the market dominator and his team all the time. Obviously, he's the sponsor for the show. He's the sponsor for the Hump Day Hotline uh, on the time to shine segment a couple weeks ago, three, four weeks ago. I had a young kid that came on and he is the, the mafia kid. I think was his name his handle on YouTube. And uh, he had never been to a, a Bills game before. And I was super impressed with him and his takes. Uh, so the market dominator, John Spascheck, actually uh, donated his tickets for this Carolina Panthers game to him. Uh, so he got to go to this football game. It was the first ever uh, in-season football game that he got to go to, which was absolutely wonderful and proud of him. But that just speaks to the generosity and to the awesomeness of the market dominator. Uh, and, and he is, you know, John is just an awesome dude. His team is the best team in, in Western New York. You hear me talk about it all the time. You know, when we moved here from from Columbus, Ohio, when we, when we moved back home, it was a difficult season for us. Uh, we were in the midst of a tragedy. 
Uh, things were not going well for us. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of heartache. The last thing that we wanted to think about was moving out of state from where we had been for 13 years, from where we had put down roots as a family, where my daughters were born, um, and where my wife graduated from college, where we had worked for a very long time. And this is what I would say, regardless of the situation you're in, when you're selling or buying a home, you want to be with somebody that's going to have all the bases covered. Uh, not only your bases, but the other party's bases, whether it's the buyer of the home you're selling or the, of the, or the seller of the home you're buying. John's team is the best. If you want to be with the best team, if you want to have all your bases covered, if you're going through a situation that's difficult right now and you just don't want to be in the minutia in the details, John's team is where you want to be. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, please call John. He's one of my very best friends. Uh, I can't tell you how many of my friends and family have used him before. It's a lot. Uh, and it, it, nobody ever comes away with a bad experience. But uh, you can call John. His number's on the screen, 716-570-3298. Uh, the number again, 716-570-3298. And this is what I would tell you as well. Uh, if you talk to everybody that's met John, whether it's uh, Kristen Kimmick and the Bills Babes or Jay Spence, and everybody everybody loves John. John's just a good dude. He's a real estate agent with uh, Keller Williams, the largest real estate agency in the entire world. And not only that, but if you are not in Western New York, John can still help you. So please give John a call. Let him know or uh, that that you heard about him on on this show or the Hump Day Hotline. But regardless, let him know that uh, you're a fan of my show, and that would be super duper cool. So yeah, welcome, welcome into the show, everybody. Uh, good stuff to talk about. As we had already kind of talked about, Happy Victory Monday. The the five and eight Carolina Panthers uh, came into Highmark Stadium to face the seven and six Buffalo Bills. Coming off of what can be called, in my opinion, an inspiring loss in Tampa last week. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, there's no moral victories here. I'm not saying that. But as if you listen to my show last week, I was there in Tampa. I had lower expectations just because it was at the we were at the point of the season where you've got to lower your expectations. We were were we seven and five and coming off a loss to the Patriots at home in a bad in a bad weather game. And I was at the point where I just my expectations, like I said, were kind of lowered. So at the end of the first half in that game, I was like, well, here we are. This is what I kind of expected. And then the Bills came back in that football game and were literally a non-call away from winning it. So for me, that was an inspirational victory. The Buffalo Bills, I think, found themselves in a place and began to find themselves as they've been, in my opinion, struggling with identity this entire season. And I think some of that identity that they found in that the end of that Tampa game showed up a little bit today. That doesn't mean that I think Josh Allen was super on or that he was great today, but there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about in a second that I think were uh, dividends of that football game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it was a balmy 33 degrees. It's actually like 27 outside right now. No rain, no snow, no wind. And in the pregame stuff, it's funny because the Carolina Panthers look cold. <laughs> and this is that moment where it's like, Home field advantage, like the weather's not home field advantage. And I disagree, and I've always disagreed. Now, I'm at the point, uh, I've tweeted it out, that, you know, you know what? The weather this year has totally sucked. Just give me a dome. Like, let's just get it over with and give me a dome. I I, I would like to go to a football game in December or January and just wear my T-shirt. Like, that might be kind of cool. I have thought about this, though. If you're in the parking lot and you're tailgating for five or six hours and you're completely bundled to the nines, right? You can be dressed to the nines in a tuxedo, but if you're bundled to the nines in the sense of like, I've got winter, I've got like two layers of pants on. I've got, so I've got, I've got joggers on, I've got jeans on, I've got snow pants on, I've got a t-shirt on or two t-shirts on a thermal. I've got a Jersey. I've got a, a hoodie. And then I've got a, a winter coat on top of that. And, and then I've got like a stocking cap. I've got a scarf, you know, because it's 30 degrees outside. We saw the, the pictures of people bundled up today uh, pregame or I should say tailgate. If, if, if you're at the tailgate for five or six hours like that, what do you do with all those clothes when you walk in the stadium? So that was like something that this random brain for some reason thinks about. I don't get it, but it does. David Reed says retractable roof. roof. I'm all about it. The problem is, is pretty much every team that has a retractable roof doesn't open it. So it almost makes it pointless, but we'll see what happens. I think it's still up in the air, hopefully, and there's still some debate, but uh, we'll see. But I, that, that just got my mind thinking, like, where do you put all the clothes that you're wearing, like, for the tailgate? Do you take them off and then go stand in line and freeze to death? I don't even know, because getting into that stadium is a whole other conversation as far as, like, getting through security and tickets and yada, yada, yada. Regardless, Victory Monday. Back, back, back to the point. Also in this football game, 
No rain, no, no snow, no wind. Also, no Deion Dawkins, no John Feliciano, uh, both on the COVID reserve list. Deion Dawkins has it for the second time. Many prayers go out to Deion. I don't know what this means. Clearly, there's a lot of, there's always speculation. There's tons, there's more than enough opinions to go around for everybody on COVID. At the end of the day, Deion Dawkins had COVID. He had it really bad. He was vaxxed to some degree. He is now obviously fully vaxxed still, and he's got it again. So I, I have a lot of prayers we've not heard. I haven't heard anything about Deion Dawkins, but I am praying for Deion that his second round of COVID is not as bad as his first round. As you know, he ended up in the hospital. John Feliciano, we don't know his status, vaxxed or not. I think he has come out on Twitter and said he is vaxxed. However, he was declared uh, or he was put on the uh, COVID reserve list as well. But, uh, the, you know, the question that was going to be answered was, how was this offensive line going to play? And how? And not only how are they going to play, but what was this lineup going to look like? And what you expected it to be was what happened. They moved Spencer Brown from the right to the left. Bucker played. Morris in the middle. Ford. Cody Ford comes in at, le- at right guard. And then Darrell Williams shoots back out to uh, right tackle. Um I, I, I don't know how, I mean, I, when, if we're going to answer the question of how did it go, I don't think it went well, which is a weird word because for me, there's aspects of this football game, as I told you, that, that I think were a dividend of last week's game. And I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag, setting the run up from the pass. So using the pass to set up the run. The Bills, in my opinion, and I've got this in my notes later, but I'm going to say it now, in my opinion, ran the ball pretty well today. Devin Singletary did a very good job against a relatively good Panthers defense. But that offensive line was not good at all. Like, at all. But before we get to that, we got a super chat. Uh, so our first super chat of the evening comes from Brooke. Brooke, thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank you for the super chat. Not going to lie, uh, I've gone to a really cold Bills game before, and I brought my horse's heavy blanket. It was clean, <laughs> she says, and bundled myself in that. Uh, so I'm a seasoned, you know, season. I'm a seasoned ticket holder. I've been a seasoned ticket holder since 1997. I'm a seasoned uh, cold weather fan. I've been in the stands both when it's been 30 degrees, sun is shining. I'm on the visitor side, no wind, and I'm actually hot and peeling off layers, right? While the people on the other side of the stadium in the shade are freezing their cojones off. I've also been in the stadium when it's frigid. My toes are cold. I can't get them warm. I've been in the stadium in freezing rain and sleet, not fun. Um, to me, the biggest, uh, easiest way to stay warm is cardboard. Bringing cardboard and sticking, for some reason, cardboard under your feet adds a layer of insulation between your boots and the concrete, and it makes a huge difference. Another big secret or trick is putting uh, hand warmers in your boots. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, hood. So keeping the wind off of your face and allowing that, like that, that just vacuum. But a giant horse blanket probably... If, if I didn't, if it probably makes sense, right? So, uh, thanks for that super chat, Brooke. Uh, yeah, cold weather games are not necessarily fun. I would love to be in a situation where, like I said, we can go to a Buffalo Bills game. Well, that I, I've done it. So, total, total rabbit trail. I apologize. Um, and this is going to shave time off the show. Uh, so when the Buffalo, when November happened in Buffalo and we got the seven feet of snow and they moved the Buffalo Bills game to Ford Field against the Jets, that was when, uh, sexy Rexy who's not so sexy, uh, was the head coach of the Bills. They moved that game to Ford Field in in Detroit. Uh, I was living in Columbus at the time, and me, McKenna, uh, my guy Greg Hitchcock, and Marty Pluth, who is no longer with us, he passed on this summer, we all got to go to that game. So I have been to a Bills game in December, a quote-unquote home Bills game in December, and got to wear a T-shirt, and it was kind of nice. So, yeah, uh, that's all I'm going to say about I'm not Team Dome. I'm not Team No Dome. I'm team get something built, make sure that it works for us as a fan base. But uh, yeah, so back on point. Uh, so last week I told you, if you remember, if you watched the show and it was awkward for me to be in a hotel room, I I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I don't want to say that I'm a creature of habit, but I am more so than that. I'm a person who doesn't like to leave anything to chance. Nothing. Like I don't like to leave things to chance, especially when it comes to production. Production is what I do for a living. Uh, not necessarily media production, but kind of media production on a smaller scale when it comes to presentations and theatrical types of things. And uh, I'm a vocational minister. And if you came to my church, it would all make sense. You'd be like, oh, this all completely makes sense. But you're probably sitting there going, I don't understand how you're a minister and production is what you do. 
But I would say this, I don't like to leave anything to chance. So for me, meetings are important. Repetition is important. Uh, things like, you know, a familiarity is important. Preparation is important. Last week was a struggle for me, being in a hotel room, racing away from the game, a 4.30 game, getting to the hotel room, not liking the lighting, not liking the microphone, not liking the way I sounded. Uh, I think I was a little bit sunburnt. Like the whole thing was just a mess. But this is what I told you. All that to say this. So, you know, the, the what you want to call it, the diva, <laughs> the diva in me aside. I told you this last week. I'm out of lucky shirts, lucky jerseys, lucky T-shirts. I wore my Josh Allen uh, jersey last week, my, my white Josh Allen, and we lost. Came back. It was inspiring, but we lost. So now we're at the point, and I'm going to pan the camera down. So we're at the point now where I had to bring back the only lucky jersey I have left. And you can't see this if you're listening to, if you're one of the thousands of people listening to this in podcast form, you can't see this, but I'm holding up the front of the jersey I'm wearing, which has a number nine on it. I am wearing the Boho Mojo jersey, the Corey Bohorquez jersey. I had to break it out because this was the, the last, the la the absolute last lucky jersey that I've got in my repertoire. They've all been burned at this point. I wore it today, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think it worked. Legitimate think it worked. And here's what I want to tell you. Last year, the Buffalo Bills won. And this is Listen, this is where we're at with this thing. The Buffalo Bills, when I got this jersey, I put it on, the Corey Bohorquez jersey. The Buffalo Bills then won eight straight games, all the way to the AFC Championship game where they lost. I put this game on today. Last ditch resort. I put it on on Twitter. Never fear, victory assured. Every single week, I, I retweet uh, Frank uh, uh, Bills Vader, or I should say Frank's uh, uh, Vader GIF and the, the Bills Mafia Rise GIF. And every week, I post the Jack Nicholson doing the yes GIF on Greg Thompson from Cover One's post about you know prep, preparing for the, the the game the next day. It wasn't working. We've lost a, what three out of the last four games or something like that. I had I'm, I'm at last ditch resort. Corey Bohorquez was the last-ditch resort. So this is what I would tell you. Last year, to finish this thought, the Bills went on and won eight straight. Once I put this jersey on, they lost in the AFC Championship game. If this jersey is what I think that it is, and we are out there now, if it's what I think that it is, if the Buffalo Bills go on a similar run and they win eight straight games, this is what I'm going to tell you, and this is just for fun. The eighth game that the Bills will win will be the Super Bowl. We'll see. And at that, I'm going to take a drink. <laughs> Come on, Joe. You can't actually believe that, do you? No. <laughs> but I'll take I'll take all the help I can get at this point. <laughs> like, I'll take all 1,000% of the help that I can get at this point. Uh, yeah. So I will say this. So getting on to real things, I will say this about the offensive line. Moving off of the ridiculousness of jerseys and superstition and yada, yada, yada. And we get to hear John Fina talk about all the time as far as superstitions and game patterns and routines and preparation, yada, yada. I will say this about the offensive line situation. This football game, if I got serious with you for a second, it almost felt like the Buffalo Bills just had to get out of this game as fast as possible with the W. And what's funny is they didn't. This game kind of drug on a little bit. It went to, what, 420 in the afternoon? Um, and, and, and it was obvious at the end of the game, they were trying to run the clock out. They were trying to take the game over with the ground game and they did to their credit, which was something we also saw them do last year, uh, around this time. They, they began to find themselves in the ground game, but it just felt like they had to get out of this game as fast as possible. Um, Josh Allen was in my opinion, unsettled most of this football game, you know, uh, also in this game, I, you know, I didn't get to tell you this, but, uh, as far as the Bohorquez jersey goes, as soon as I put it on and I put the picture out, the report came out, so backing up a little bit, that uh, immediately, almost immediately after I put the jersey on, tweeted out the picture, uh, it came out that Zane Gonzalez had hurt himself. And what's funny about that is that could be good or bad. A football team without a kicker is a weird situation. Like, at first, I was like, yes. Like, I put on the Bohorquez jersey, special teamer, super good luck, and what happens immediately their main special teams guy, Zane Gonzalez, goes out of the football game. And then I'm like, wait a second. That means that they're going to have to go for it on fourth down inside the or in the Bills zone every time. They're going to have to go for two points every time. There's a great deal of like, there was, there was a little bit, I was a little vexed. I was a little bit like, I'm not sure if this is good or bad. Like, 
the Bills could be it, it could work out great for the Bills because they don't have a kicker, or it could work out really bad if, if they get eight points every time they score. This could put the Bills in a very it could back them into a corner. Luckily, it didn't. And as I said, it, the Bills, it just seemed like they struggled. Allen, as I said, was unsettled most of this football game. Dare I say, understandably, when we get to the dude awards, I'm going to give you a little bit of a insight or a hint. Josh Allen was not one of my bad dude awards. Yes, he had a lot of errant throws. Yes, he was very unsettled. He had some brilliant throws. To, for me, Josh Allen was not, there was no fault in Josh Allen in this football game. Uh, we saw in this game several situations where the quick passes were working. Josh Allen would get the, receive, receive the snap, take one step, and fire. Uh, there was one big pass to Gabe Davis, which we'll talk about in a second, which was great. In my opinion, they could have done that a lot more. I don't know what the hesitancy is. I don't know what the re I said this going back, I think, to 19. This football team, this offense specifically works better. It worked in 19. It worked in 20. And it's this year, too. They work better when they are in somewhat of a hurry-up mode. Uh, not, not hurry up in the sense of, like, the Bills' old K-gun or two-minute offense. But when they're running in rhythm, when they're snapping the ball within 20 seconds, when the ball is being snapped and Josh is getting it out right away, they are a much more efficient much more dominant offense than they are when they do the whole walk to the line, check, 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 alert, 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 this, that, Rita, all this stuff, draw draw the clock down to six seconds or four seconds. Josh Allen takes this, the shotgun snap, drops back 11 yards, holds the ball, holds the ball, looks around, holds the ball, then tries to escape and somehow like throws the ball. That, that version of this offense is nowhere near efficient or good as when they are snapping the ball before 20 seconds left on the time on the on the play clock. And I know that's not ideal, but it works for teams. The Buccaneers run that offense. And when the ball comes out quick, they're just better. And you saw a little bit of, of that at times that you saw it holistically in the Buccaneers game at the end. You legit saw it there. The quick passes worked at times when they did it. There was the big play to Gabe Davis. They could have done it more. I don't know why they don't. I don't have an answer for that. I'd love for somebody, Matt Perino, Mookie Hawkins, I'd love for somebody to question Dable or McDermott. Hey, guys, this seems to work really well for you. Other teams use this all the time. Why don't you? What is what is the hesitation? What is the reliance on dropping back nine yards? It's supposed to be nine. He dropped. If you've listened to the John Phoenix show, it's supposed to be nine yards. He drops back 11 and hangs his tackles out to dry all the time. What is the reason? Is it is it a Josh thing? Is it a scheme and philosophy thing? Is it because the plays that we're calling are long developing plays? Like, what is the reason? I don't have an answer. I'm not privy to that information, uh, as Doug Whaley might say. In this football game, I loved, liked, loved, whatever, the run game for the most part. I thought that uh, Devin Singletary heated up at the end, and there was very much times when this offense was using the pass to set up the run, and they did it well. They also... <laughs> ran it on second and long a whole bunch again and I think every single content creator out there from the best ones to the worst ones that are Buffalo Bills content creators have talked about at length sorry I got the hiccups at length to include WGR 55 the Buffalo Bills running the football on second and ten second and nine Second and seven. And the Bills did that crap all day today. I don't get it. If there's something you should be mad about as a Buffalo Bills fan, it's that. Why? Because they won't, for the love of God, get away from it. They keep freaking doing it. And it doesn't ever work. But, Joe, they won the game. That doesn't mean they didn't win the game because they, they ran the ball on second and long over. And over again, they won the game because Josh Allen was throwing good throws on third and 12, third and seven, third and 10. Like he was completing balls. We're back to put the ball in Josh Allen's hands. If it's second and 10, you throw the freaking football. If it's second and seven, you throw the freaking football. It's just, it's just, it's just frustrating. It's just annoying. It's, I will say this, this football team, 
This Buffalo Bills 2021, 2021 version of the Buffalo Bills can play with anybody. Anybody. Quote, tweet, tweet, quote me. Facebook, quote me, quote me, whatever you, I don't care. Quote me where, whatever platform you're on. I don't care if you are on Reddit. Quote me. Joe Miller, the voice of the overreaction postgame show on Buffalo Rumbling said that this football team, the Buffalo Bills, can play with anybody. Semicolon or whatever, slash, comma. No doubts they can because they play down to their opponents and they play up to their opponents. When the Buffalo Bills play the Buccaneers, they play at the level of the Buccaneers. When the Bills play the <laughs> the Jacksonville Jaguars, they play down to the Jacksonville Jaguars. When the Bills play the Carolina Panthers, they play down to the Carolina Panthers. This Buffalo Bills team can play with anybody out there. And that's not so great. So if you're going to quote me, quote me properly. They can play with anybody, and by that, what we're talking about is they play to the level of every single opponent they have. They never, last year, 2020, there was a line. It was very much, this is who we are. And if you can't match the line of who we are, you're going to get your butts handed to you on a platter. And over and over again, even against top five and top ten defenses, this Bills, this Bills team handed teams their asses on a platter over and over again this year yeah not so much this year it's very much like well we're just gonna wait and see what you guys kind of do and then maybe we kind of work off of that a little bit and we're gonna be conservative and we'll see what happens and we're gonna run some plays we're gonna hold on, hold on to the ball too long and we're gonna force the run on second and long a lot because we think at some point in time one of you aren't gonna be paying attention and when we rush the passer we're gonna do like the stutter step like the stunt stutter step thing because we do it over and over and over and over again and at some point it's gotta work right like at some point like we don't need creative moves and we don't need to bull rush people we'll just like jump up and uh, and like get you to flinch because that that's like fun and stuff and and like it's gotta work one of these times one of these times it's gotta work it's not working it's just it's just not working I mean, it's and, and this isn't a win, right? But it's in a win against a very bad football team. Oh, this was not a get right game. This was not a get right game. And I don't mean to bring everybody down. I'm just being real. I'm just real talk, real talk. I'm not overreacting. I'm not being negative. I'm not being overly positive, overly negative. I'm just being real, real. That's all I'm trying to be. This team can play with anybody. They, they play down to their bad opponents. They play up to their good opponents. Take that for what it's worth. You heard it here first. Probably not. I'm sure somebody else said it too. The reality is, is this football team just played sloppy football early, um, both the offense and the defense. Um, the good news is, is Josh has legit chemistry with Gabe Davis. Gabriel Davis. Josh and Gabriel Davis, they're a thing. We know that Josh and Stefan Diggs are a thing. Josh and Gabriel Davis are a thing. And what's been missing from this offense in 2021? Anybody in the comment section? Throw it out there. What has been missing in 2021 from this offense. I'll wait. Initials G D. Gabe Davis, Gabe Davis. There they are. They're already starting to show up. What is missing from this offense in 2021? Gabriel Davis until today and last day or last week, rather. I get, I get that, that Emmanuel Sanders is a better wide receiver. I'm not, there's, there's nobody that is going to, argue and have a leg to stand on that somehow Gabe, Gabriel Davis is a better wide receiver than Emmanuel Sanders. That's not what we're talking about. Emmanuel Sanders is even at his age, who's going to retire at the end of this year. I've got a, I've got a, a good source that tells me that Emmanuel Sanders retiring after this year, pretty much regardless if the bills win a super bowl or not, he's done. Gabe Davis is not as good as Emmanuel Sanders, but he's a better fit in this offense than Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is good. He's possibly great. Potentially a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He might go someday. There's something to be said for synergy. Davis kind of makes this offense go. I don't know why. I don't get it. I don't have an answer. I'm just telling you what these eyes see. And when the, and when Gabriel Davis is active in this offense, the team is just better. They just are. And that's not a slight on Emmanuel Sanders. We all love Emmanuel Sanders. We all recognize that he's got mounds of talent 
in the last year that he's going to play offensive or NFL football, Emmanuel Sanders is still a phenomenal football player, and that's rare, very rare. Emmanuel Sanders could play on a team next year. He's not going to, but he could. Davis just makes this offense go. I don't know why he just does. But at the end of the day, the question we want to ask ourselves is how far can this team go? I just don't know with this offense. I don't know with this offensive line. I don't know with this running game. I don't know with the, with the flat starts. I don't know with the game plans, the reluctance to adjust. How far can this team go? Only the Bajorquez jersey knows. Only the Bajorquez jersey knows. Because I sure as heck don't. Real quick, I'm going to wrap this up as far as just kind of my high-level thoughts. You know, Cam Newton is always a problem. Not There's not many other quarterbacks who I find to be very deficient quarterbacks. So, like, Cam, Cam Newton is a very, very completely flawed quarterback in the NFL. Like, like he's more flawed than uh, than I, I'm trying to think of some some comparisons. Even Colin Kaepernick, like Colin Kaepernick, is a better quarterback than Cam Newton. Running, I would say that Colin Kaepernick is a better running quarterback. He's a better throwing quarterback. He's a be- Colin, and it's because Cam is broken. It's not because Cam wasn't a good quarterback. Cam is just broken. Not many other quarterbacks in the NFL do I find very de- deficient or flawed as as a quarterback as Cam. He, who is potentially a liability to his football team. There's not many of those guys. There's probably none that scare me as much as Cam Newton does. Cam Newton, just for whatever reason, whenever we play Cam Newton, he scares me because of his, his ability to run the football. He has the ability, if he wants to, like Josh Allen, to take over a football game with his legs. He doesn't do it. Coaches don't, just like with Josh, the coaches don't let him do it, but he could, and they should. They should let him run the football Terrell Pryor at OSU style. Cam Newton to the to the right, Cam Newton to the left, Cam Newton up the middle. Cam Newton to the right, Cam Newton to the left, Cam Newton up the middle. The Panthers would probably be a better football team if they did that. The Buffalo Bills in this football game, they started a little bit slow on defense, but they tightened up and they did what the Buffalo Bills number one defensive thing is. They did it. Like they they shut that whole entire offensive down. They gave up a couple big plays, but they came through big time on fourth downs. To make this a game, to make this game pretty much unreachable for for a very much hurting Panthers football team. The story of this football game for me, I'm going to be honest with you, I had a really hard time. I had a hard time coming up with a story for this game. It just was kind of, it was just kind of bland. It was just kind of, there it is. There's the game. Like we won. Um, there were some moments in it where it was like, oh, they're within a possession or two. Uh, the Bills don't do something here. It could go the opposite direction. I, 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 it, it was just a weird game for me. It was just a weird, it was a weird W. There's been a lot of weird W's this year, a, a lot of weird wins. So so as I as I dug to kind of find a story of this football game, this is pretty much where I landed, and you can disagree with me. You can have your own story, and that's good. I'm okay with that. But for me, once again, the Buffalo Bills, this Buffalo Bills team struggles early on both sides of the football. They just... <sighs> How do I want to say this? Um, they just don't seem to have the makeup of a team that can start fast firing on all cylinders. Does that make sense? They don't come out of the gate hot. There's almost a collective conservatism and sort of a wait and see approach versus dictating to their opponent and setting the tone. Hey, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you think. We've prepared, we've studied you, we're going to take this away, and we're going to come out and do our thing. That doesn't seem to be what this football team does. They more, kind of like I said earlier in the show, well, let's just kind of see how this goes. And it's frustrating. It's borderline annoying and somebody earlier in the comments section put infuriating. And I would agree. And Don Keith says boring. Boring but not bad. That's probably a way. A, a, boring in a win is a win. And we talk about we talk about it all the time. 
We talk about it at the end of the season. They just see the W. They don't see how you won. They just see a W. They just see a win. The problem is, is when we talk about sustainability in wins, can the Bills continue to win in this fashion? And I don't think the answer is yes. Corey Bohorquez, jersey aside. That's just where I'm at on this. The Buffalo Bills. In the, in the end, the Buffalo Bills won, which is what we want. Let's be honest. I'm going to say that again. In the end, the Buffalo Bills won. They, they won. And, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm excited. Victory Monday. Let, let's go. Christmas is coming. Let's go. The Bills won. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of Bills Mafia. But let's be honest for a second. This was a bad Panthers football team with a bad quarterback missing a superstar running back. And the Buffalo Bills for a lot of this football game played completely to their level, completely to their level. And that just ain't great. Ladies and gentlemen, you are still listening to and tuned into the overreaction post-game show brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo rumblings, vidcast and podcast network. I'm your host, the voice of the overreaction post-game show. My name is Joe Miller. Appreciate you guys being with me. It's always an honor and a privilege quarter by quarter. I'm going to go through this stuff really fast because I'm kind of long in the tooth. I didn't think I was going to have a lot to say for this football game, but it's it's kind of flowing. Uh, first possession, quarter one, Panthers three and out. Bills three and out. They looked awful in that first possession. Panthers second possession, a couple runs by Cam. Long run by uh, Chubba Hubbard. Is it Chuba or Chubba? Because Chubba Hubbard to me is way more fun to say than Chuba. Chubba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard. Uh, but the Buffalo Bills hold and they force a four and out uh, as the Panthers don't have a kicker. We talked about that. The Bills' second possession, not much better. Another offensive line penalty eventually leads to a punt. Spencer Brown struggled in this football game mightily. Uh, at this point in the game, I've literally got a note, asterisk, asterisk. If they don't adjust the Bills, this is going to be a long football game, a very low-scoring football game. Luckily, they kind of adjusted. The Buffalo Bills stop the Panthers again on their third possession. The Bills get a first uh, a first down. They're starting to make something happen just as the first quarter ends. Singletary scores on a very nice, what I believe was a trap play. Buffalo Bills 7 to nothing. Next Panthers possession in the second quarter. Uh, you got the feeling the Bills defense was starting to figure out what the Panthers were doing. Uh, they forced another punt. Bills fourth possession, throwing the ball well. They're running off the pass, and it's got the Panthers off balance. It was great to see. Uh, the cap off the drive with a great 11-yard back shoulder throw to Stephon Diggs on Gilmore. And to me, that was a great, just like, nice little dunk on, on Stephon Gilmore as Josh Allen like makes that pass, sees Diggs on Gilmore one-on-one, you know, the greatest cover corner to play in the NFL right now, Stephon Gilmore, uh, the gilly lock, if you will, uh, who doesn't didn't get enough hype in Buffalo and not enough of the world got to see him play in Buffalo. Stephon Diggs goes out there and just makes him look silly. Which, let's face, let's face it, we're used to seeing Stephon Gilmore do that. He did it to Marshawn Lattimore a couple weeks ago. Uh, he did it to, uh, what, J.C. Jackson, uh, the, Patri- the Patriots DB last year. Um, but a uh, nice little dunk. But uh, 14 nothing Bills. The Bills forced another punt after that. Fifth possession, uh, five minutes left, 11-yard line. Uh, this is where Josh Allen throws that interception. And uh, Chin makes a great play in the ball. There was a couple of people out there basically blaming Allen, saying it was a bad interception. That was not a bad interception on Josh Allen. What was a bad interception? The one that Cam threw. The one that Cam threw in the last two minutes of the game. That was a bad interception. But as we've already established, Cam Newton is not a good quarterback. But Chin makes a great play, and that that interception hurt the Bills. Uh, they get a huge run by Robbie Anderson. Uh, two minutes, uh, two minute warning comes up, thirty yards. Cam scores, two point conversion. DJ Moore, uh, Allen pick uh, that Allen pick just hurts the Bills uh, in that moment, cuts the lead uh, to uh, what fourteen to eight. The Bills get the ball back at uh, with one forty left. They run the ball, another holding penalty. They got a pass to Beasley. They got a pass to McKenzie. They got a pass to Gabe Davis. A pass to Beasley. Pass to uh, Stephon Diggs. Uh, then a personal foul uh, called for them that helped them. Another pass to Beasley. Eight seconds left. Incomplete. Going through this fast. Seventeen to eight at the halftime for the Bills. Third quarter. The Buffalo Bills look to double dip. They can't. How many times has that happened this season? Oh, the Buffalo Bills. We defer. Score at the end of the half. Can't double dip or can't score at the end of the half and. Can't score at the beginning of the half either. Why? Because they come out slow. Panthers' first possession ends in a punt. The Bills' second possession uh, in the third quarter. More of the second 
and long runs that haven't fooled a single person this year. This is where literally, literally I'm like pulling my hair out. And it wasn't over. There was like three more of them in this football game. Uh, nobody has been fooled by this. Brian Dable, nobody has been fooled by the second and long runs. It hasn't worked once. Somebody email him, tweet him, text him. If you're listening to this show and you know Brian, let him know that second and long run plays, even with the box not stacked, doesn't work. And then after that, things got a little bit chippy. There was a personal foul thrown on number 93. That was when Josh Allen was like shoved out of bounds. I don't think that was for I, I don't think that was for whatever was going on. That there was no melee. I don't think that was for the little bit of a shove on 93. I think what it was was I think it was 93 chirping at the ref, which we know that the players are not allowed to do. If anything, I think it probably should have been an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, but they called it a personal foul, which left the broadcast guys completely confused. Not surprised because those guys at one point in time they called Dawson Knox Dallas Knox. So which is just another one you can just like chalk right up there to people that don't watch Buffalo Bills football. Uh, Gabe Davis uh, uh, with, with, with a great pass. I'm reading my notes and this doesn't make sense. I think it, with a great reception with what I think is the Bills should be doing more. Though that this was a, the quick pass to Gabe Davis in the third quarter. Following that, there was a great pass uh, to Gabe Davis. It was quick, quick pass, rhythm timing throws. Um, and you know what? What's interesting about this football game at this point in the third quarter We've already seen it in the first and second, and he did a, it. He did it a bunch. Josh Allen was chucking the football into the turf a lot. Josh Allen was chucking the ball, and he was basically going, "This sucks!" Bang, and throwing the ball in the turf, which to me is exactly what he should be doing. You want to send a message to your offensive line and the guys that are blocking for you: don't run around and become magic man and break tackles and like run out to your right or run out to your left and find the open guy and hit some dude with a miracle throw like holy crap superman you're the best don't do that crap you want to make you want to get a message to your blockers up front chuck the ball in the turf you guys suck i can't do anything just chuck it right in the turf and he did it a lot you want to send a message to those guys chuck the ball in the turf because it sends a message we were so bad on that play he couldn't do anything and we saw that a lot and then of course right after that more second and long runs. <laughs> However, Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things. Third and 12, he hits Gabe Davis in the end zone. It was a gorgeous throw and catch, 24 to 8. I'm going to break down for a second right here. Gabriel Davis. Gabriel Davis is my number two wide receiver on this football team. I love, I, I've said it already, I love Emmanuel Sanders. Give me Gabe Davis. He just brings a different, we've talked about it in the past. He brings a different element to this team that none of the other guys do. Stephon Diggs isn't a small guy. He looks small on the field, but I think he's six or six one, six feet or six four, six one. Gabe Davis just has a physical element. He brings something different to this team. Gabe Davis, for me, going forward, he's my number two until somebody unseats him. Then the, then the Panthers finally put a, put a, a drive together, uh, fourth and two. They convert, they, they went forward on fourth down every time. Uh, as long as they were in the Bills' territory, they went forward on fourth and fourth down, and it it helped them and it hurt them. Uh, then they turn it over on on downs because again, it's just a it's just a very different game if they've got a kicker. They're kicking field. Make no mistake, I, I don't have this highlighted in my notes, but this is a very very different football game. <laughs> Jessica Tennis, I, I don't know why I'm looking down. She says Monday Monday. You both said Sanders. I don't know. I, sorry. If I if I misspoke, I apologize. Um, but uh, I don't think I'm overreacting. Juan. Juan Castillo says I'm overreacting. I don't think I'm overreacting. Um, but uh, now, now I've lost track. You guys have totally ADD'd me, and uh, I'm totally off of where I was. But, oh, the the different. this is a very different game. If they've got a kicker, they're kicking field goals in a lot of these situations, and this game plays out totally different. The Bills, I'm not saying lose. It just plays out a little bit different. Let's wrap up the fourth quarter. Uh, the Bills third possession of the second half. This is where Devin single Devin Singletary just begins to take over, right? They just, they just begin to run the ball and they begin to run the clock. It's really, really great. They still got a second and seven run in there. Uh, Allen sacked for a huge loss at the punt. Uh, and then yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, uh, the Panthers score another touchdown. I've got a bunch of notes. I, I charted a bunch of notes for this game, but you know, for me, it comes down to Devin Singletary taking over, on that kind of that final drive, the direct snap to Isaiah McKenzie, which I thought was great that Isaiah showed up in this football game, not only as a kick returner, 
but also on offense for a couple pass plays that run around the end where it was the direct snap. Singletary for another six yards. The Panthers' defense just began to look a little bit worn out. Singletary for another five yards in a first down. Then it was fourth and two from the 14. Then there was that little bloopy pass over the offensive line to Gabriel Davis for a second touchdown. And at that point in time, game. Bills beat the Panthers 31 to 14 to improve to eight and six. Uh, in a game that let's just be honest for a second, a, a football game the Buffalo Bills had to have, right? Um, I mean, if we're being honest, Bills lose this football game, and it's 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 not only an uphill battle at that point in time, but it's it's probably import impossible for them to make the playoffs. They're on the outside, one hundred percent looking in. And while I say impossible, you know the reality is there's a lot of guys that are getting hurt. Lamar Jackson is hurt. There's a lot of teams that are not playing to their potential. And teams are losing all over the AFC. So they, they probably could potentially make it back, but more than likely they weren't going to. Some quick game stats for you real quick. Josh Allen was 19-34 for 210 yards, three touchdowns, and an, inter- and an interception. I think it was his 12th interception on the season. Devin Singletary, 22 for 86 yards with a touchdown. That's his highest rush average or rush total for, I think, in a regular season game this year or in his career. Josh Allen was three for 24. McKenzie, one for eight. Brito, one for one. Gabriel Davis receiving five for 85 yards with two touchdowns. Dawson Knox, four for 38. Beasley, four for 35. Stephon Diggs, four for 35 and a touchdown. Yada, yada, yada. The Panthers in this game. Cam Newton, 18 of 38. Woof. <laughs> that is less. Okay. If you're keeping track at home, <laughs> that's less than 50%. For 156 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Cam Newton was the leading rusher, 15 for 71 with a touchdown. Chuba Hubbard, 8 for 40. Robbie Anderson had a big run, 33 yards, or 16 and a half yards. I think it was his long. No, it was his average. I don't don't know what his long was. I think his long was 33. Receiving DJ Moore had a great game. Quiet, great game, 6 of 48. He's a good wide receiver. Amir Abdullah had that beautiful uh, route. It was basically the... The Christian, McCall- or the, the Christian McCaffrey route that he ran, four for 48 uh, with a touchdown. Robbie Anderson, three of 29, blah, 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 blah. Those are your stats. Um, moving on from stats of the football game. So hope you guys don't get mad at me. for. Uh, I'm trying to rush a little bit just because uh, this one's getting a little bit long-winded, if you will. But uh, moving on to the Dude Awards. And for those that are maybe not, uh, what's the word, veterans of my show, uh, most people give thumbs up thumbs down arrows up arrows down and i love all of those things here on the overreaction post game show we do the dude awards so somebody has a really good football game and played well we go dude you did great it was a great game dude you're the man but they didn't play so good it's a dude we gotta talk this just yeah dude bro it's not working gotta be better just gotta be better so my first dude dude award goes to Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis, uh, we've talked about a lot. I've talked about him a lot on this show. Gabe Davis, Gabriel Davis just played well. So my first dude award goes to Gabriel Davis. My second one goes to Devin Singletary. This kid, this kid has played on this football team for three years. This is his third season. And I don't know that he is, what is, how do I want to say this? I don't know that he has been in a situation as the starting running back where he at any given time in his entire career as a Buffalo Bills running back was like, no, no, no. Like, the coaching staff loves me. They want me to be the starter. This coaching staff and this management and this personnel group has done everything they can in their power to find somebody else besides Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary just keeps showing up as the best guy behind that garbage offensive line. He just does. So Devin Singletary, you get my second dude award for that game. You put together a very, very, very good football game. Good job. My last dude award goes to F.A. Obata. F.A. Obata, had a, I think he had two or three sacks in this football game. I didn't get to that. I probably could have. Actually, let me let me roll over to those stats. Uh, Buffalo Bills, defensive uh, interception sacks, sacks. So Taron Johnson had one sack. F.A. Obata had two sacks. Star Latulale had a sack, which we didn't really talk about. Star being uh, active in this football game, but FA Obata gets my last dude award because he just he was he was playing like a man who wanted to show his old team that he had something in the tank, which was great. Now, moving on to the dude awards. 
The first one's got to go to the only person that it could go to, which is Spencer Brown. Spencer, we love you. Spencer, we love you. We think you're great. We can't wait to see what you look like in year two and year three. You bring an attitude to this offensive line. You do a very good job, but we just can't have you committing penalty after penalty after stupid penalty after penalty. And I know that maybe the left side isn't your thing. Maybe you're a right side guy, but that was just not a great performance. It just wasn't great. Yes, we loved the touchdown celebration with Stefan Diggs and the beer. That's very much Buffalo and Bill's Mafia. But we need more out of you, bro. Dude, got to be better. And then the only, I've only got two dude awards, bad dude awards, down dude awards, if you will. The other one is the O-line, the offensive line collective. The whole group just didn't play well. They just, they just continue to not play well. It is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, you are still tuned in to the overreaction post-game show here on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast network brought to you by the market dominator we are on to the last segment of the show which is the time when i get to read the bills mafia tweets and luckily because we are running short on time there aren't a bunch for this game i tweeted out on the overreaction post game show twitter handle at overreaction buff if you're not following it you want to i said hey bills mafia how does that win have you feeling i have questions so many questions but a dub is a dub relied reply to this tweet and I will be reading your tweets live tonight at 9 p.m. on the Overreaction Post Game Show at Buffalo Rumblings at Joe Miller Wired. That's me. I wanted to get like Buffalo Rumblings to retweet it, but they didn't. I don't know why. So they're supposed to have my back. They didn't have my back in this situation. It is what it is. Can't win them all, I guess. First one comes from Bills Media 716 at Bills Media 716. I know a lot of people, by the way, it, it came up. So I got asked tonight. Pam Adana actually asked me. Um, I don't read these prior to the show. So literally, when when you hear them, it's the first time that I'm reading them, which is a lot of times why I stumble over them. I don't want them to affect how I write my notes. Does that make sense? Bills Media 716. I know a lot of people will have negatives, but we just put up 31 on a really good defense with two of our starting linemen out. It's true. He's not wrong. I cannot put into words how hyped I am, how hyped up I am to be in the stadium next week for the Bills Pats game. Game is going to be electric. Go Bills. So apparently Bills Media 716 is going to be in New England. Prayers go out to you, bro. <laughs> Prayers go out to you. Joseph Goho. I think Joseph is new to the show uh, at Joe Goho. I don't think Joe's ever uh, replied to this tweet. So that's great. Welcome to the show, Joe. All things considered, last minute injuries and shuffling. O-line played decent against the top DL. I don't think so, but we can agree to disagree. Can't be as generous with the defensive line that played against one of the worst offensive offensive lines in the league. Has FA passed Epinesa in the rotation? I have no idea. That's a great question. I don't know what uh, Epinesa seems to be the only defensive lineman with any type of creativity outside of a stutter bull rush. It's really kind of strange, but they sat him. Maybe they felt FA just gave him a better chance because FA would know those offensive linemen because he's played against them. I can't even tell you, but thanks Joseph for being a part of the show. XJ boost 81. Yikes. Uh, at Jeff MB eight one. Will the Bills have their top five offensive linemen for the game against the Pats? They should. That's all I'm going to say is they should. It would be nice at some point if we got to see this offensive line play together, right? And speak of the devil, Pamela, my girl, at Pamadonna. Awesome friend. Been a been a listener to the show since it started. Pam is awesome. Pamadonna says, I agree, a win is a win, and happy for that, but we should have won today. We should have won today, in my opinion. So many questions, inconsistency on both sides, including Allen. They struggle but put up the points. We, uh, will we be able to be competitive against stronger, more competitive teams at this point? I say yes. The reason we're going to be competitive against stronger teams is because this team plays to the level of their opponent, which is disturbing. Super-duper disturbing. Brooke, who was there in here earlier with a super chat, at Brooke underscore McBride. One, put all players in hazmat suits to keep them all safe from getting sick. I love it. <laughs> Two, Fox announcers can shove it. They annoy the crap out of me. Me too, darling. And three, a win is 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 a win. My guy, Matt Govenda, at Matt underscore Govenda. I feel the same way you do, a little confused. I really feel as if Dable changed up the scheme and we have the opportunity to run the ball more wide in misdirection. Really happy with the win. Let's get Let's go get the AFC East. It's within our grasp. We just got to win out. We got to do our thing. The boho, the boho mojo ch- jersey has to show up. So let's see what it can do. The baddest faith actor at Ruby T 
with four E's, who I think is also a new person to the show. Ruby, thank you for being a part of the show. Expectations from Bills fans is always unusually high, myself included. But we just put up 31 points against a really good defense. It's funny because a lot of people are carrying this narrative, and I like it. I like that narrative that the Bills did a good job against it. And they did a good job against a good defense with a basically ragtag, horrible offensive line. I like it. Minus the offensive line play and penalties, I love the way they look today. Most balanced offensive game yet, in my opinion. is As balanced as I want them to be with the running backs we have with this offensive line. My girl, T. Estelle, at uh, T-E-E-S-T-E-L-L. Don't get me wrong, I love this win. They needed it. But if we play slow like this in New England, uh, if we play slow like this in New England, it's an L. She's not wrong. T always bringing it real. She's got a great podcast, by the way. If you're looking for some more content, Bill's content, jump over to uh, Buffalo, uh, Built in Buffalo and listen to T's show. She's great. Yosh Schmengi at Bill's GMDY. Weird. I'd love to play behind our best five. Uh, yeah, I think we all are kind of in agreement with that. We would all love to see what this Buffalo Bills football team looks like behind their best five. I've got a couple more for you. Uh, Scott F., at SF Fury or S Fury F U R E Y 1511. At Gabe Davis is wide receiver two. At Motor Singletary should get all the touches. At two Tello dash zero, I think is, uh, yeah, Spencer Brown should stay at right tackle forever. He owes that fan $20 for that blue. That was the first thing I said to McKenna. He grabbed that beer. Him and uh, Steph, uh, Stefan Diggs grabbed that beer and was like, well, there goes 12 bucks. <laughs> and, and the fan almost had a look on his face like, uh, that's 12 bucks, bro, or 15 bucks, whatever it was. The D needs to force Mac Jones 10 to throw and FAO Body UK look like uh, TJ Watt today. Go Bills. Hashtag Bills Mafia. Love the energy, bro. My guy Richard Rush, at Richard D. Rush 2, who's in the chat section right now. Glad for the win and am relieved, but Brown struggled all game. He never played left tackle in college. We need to protect Allen better. Give him time, and he's great. Gabriel Davis is a beast. He needs more looks. Still uh, need to be better to beat the Pats next week. Go Bills. I'll be honest with you, Richard Rush. I could have came on the show... Done my opening. Welcome to the Overaction Bills postgame show. Blah, 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 blah. Read your tweet and signed off, and you would have had the whole show. Like, that. that's pretty much my whole show right there. Uh, appreciate you, brother. Mark Conlon at LM4805. There's a lot of people in here tonight that have never tweeted me before. This is awesome. Feeling lucky, Gonzalez, Darnold, and McCaffrey were not playing. Mark, you're not wrong. Last one for you for this Victory Monday, Victory Tuesday, Victory Wednesday, Victory Week. Jake B at Jake Botticello. It has me feeling like I have all season with absolutely no idea what this team or why this team isn't playing up to their potential. How do we get the bills back uh, that we had? How do we get the bills back that we had second half of the Tampa Bay game? I felt like that's your last, those are your tweets. Those are your bills mafia tweets. So as I wrap this thing up, I felt like, and this is when I said dividends, I felt like the Buffalo bills found some things in that Tampa game reminded themselves of who they were. Some misdirection, some McKenzie stuff in there. I thought it was great. Um, was it there the whole entire game? It absolutely was not. However, I thought it was there enough that the Bills kind of returned a little bit back to who they were, which was fantastic for me. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. We got, you know, we got three regular season games left. The, the Patriots are coming in, or I should say we're going to New England next week. And we've got the Jets, and the Falcons and the Jets, which should be two W's, but they've got to do their work this week. If they can do, if they do their work this week with that Patriots loss to the Colts, the Bills are in the driver's seat for the AFC East. That's what's important. The Colts beat the Patriots. The Bills beat, <clears throat> excuse me, the Panthers. If the Bills beat the Pan, uh, the Patriots this coming week, the 26th, the day after Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And then the Bills beat the Falcons and the Jets, which they should. The Bills win the AFC East. We're having a different conversation, and hopefully they're flying high. One last Super Chat for you before I go. Uh, my guy Tim says, thank you for the great content week after week. Cheers. Go Bills. Tim, thank you so much for just being a part of the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for just being here with me. So being a just, yeah, a, a faithful listener, uh, somebody who uh, consumes the content. Don't ever, don't ever change, babe. Don't ever change. So this is what we got coming up. So tomorrow, uh, the Off Tackle with John Fina show, 9 p.m. live right here. Ruben Brown. Potential future Hall of Famer, former Buffalo Bill, Ruben Brown will be joining the John Tackle or the John Tackle, the John Fe the Off Tackle with John Phoenix show. Sorry about that. I'm reading something that I shouldn't be reading while I'm talking, which is never good. Uh, Ruben Brown will be joining the Off Tackle with John Phoenix show tomorrow, nine o'clock, uh, nine o'clock on Tuesday. 
the code of code of conduct with my 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 bestie and yours, Jay Spence the King, and then Wednesday the Hump Day Hotline uh, with myself and Jay Spence the King, and then Friday, of course, Food for Thought with uh, Bruce Nolan and Nate Geary. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been wonderfully tuned into the Overreaction Post Game Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast and Bigcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Post Game Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And this is what I would tell you. Christmas is coming. Christmas is legitimately six days away. If you have not finished your Christmas shopping, you need to get your butt out there and get it done. (laughs) Get your Christmas shopping done. But uh, Christmas is upon us. And uh, if I have to think of things that I'm thankful for this Christmas season, I'm thankful for the Buffalo Bills. I'm thankful for the Bagulas. I'm thankful for Josh Allen thankful for you as fans i'm thankful for you guys as friends the the opportunity that i've gotten this season to connect with and meet a lot of the mafia has been absolutely 1000 percent wonderful i appreciate you guys i love you guys all the best many blessings merry christmas i love you guys i appreciate you guys don't go changing whatever you do don't go changing and as always right go bills 